are listening to TKO on CFRE Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. Hey, 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 everybody, what is happening? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and where they are now. So, hey, y'all, what's good? Okay, so finally... International Fight Week is finally over. I mean, I personally have bittersweet emotions regarding that. And we'll actually discuss what I mean by that. Because if you guys actually did have the chance to watch the fights on Saturday night for UFC 226, you probably know what I'm talking about. So many phenomenal fights. And then there were some fights that were almost kind of controversial. So we'll definitely get into those things today. You're in so much luck, guys, because today we have good fights to break down and we have so much drama to talk about all the great things that you're actually looking forward to in in a um, combat sports event so we we have all of those things lined up for you guys today okay so we have that so just like i said we're going to be talking about some of the highlights of ufc 226 which happened over this past weekend what else are we going to talk about oh we're going to be talking about some of the implications of some of the fights that happened on ufc 226 so you guys already know so we had Stephen miocic fighting Daniel cormier by now i bet you already know what the result is of that fight who won who lost but we still guys we still need to talk about what's next for both of these guys and just what's next for the heavyweight division and the light heavyweight division at the ufc so we definitely need to talk about that today on the show, what else do we have lined up for today? So as I mentioned last week, we have a phenomenal boxing fight coming up this upcoming weekend on Saturday. So July 14th, yes, Manny Pacquiao is finally going to be returning to the ring after a year of absence. So finally, we're, f- we're seeing, thank God, Manny Pacquiao fight once again. And this time, he's going to be challenging the current WBA welterweight champion of the world, Lucas Matisse, for his title. And we're definitely going to be breaking down that fight in thorough detail today. So definitely do not miss that. And also on the same night, so depending on whether you're an MMA uh, fan or a boxing fan, um, you may also switch into and tune into a UFC fight night that is also happening on Saturday night which is going to be headlined by a phenomenal fight once again between Junior Dos Santos and uh, Blagoj Ivanov okay so this is going to be a heavyweight fight in the UFC and again this one's going to be pretty interesting because we're also seeing Junior Dos Santos after a long absence uh, after he lost his fight against the uh, the heavyweight champion at the UFC, Stipe Miocic, and now he's um, about to make a return into the octagon. So this is also going to be pretty exciting. And uh, I think I've told you guys this before, but whenever we have phenom- like so many phenomenal fights happening simultaneously, but you know they're not necessarily going to be on the same card. So you have boxing happening around the same time that another fight MMA wa- MMA wise that is happening. 
What I usually do is I have to have two screens playing the fights at the same time so that I can actually, you know, watch them simultaneously. I know it's kind of crazy and it's actually kind of hard to pay attention sometimes because you might be thinking, you know, something happened in the boxing fight will actually happen in the MMA fight and so forth and so on. But, you know, what do you actually do when you go into like a sports bar? Like they have so many screens um, playing the contents at the same time. So you just pick and choose what you actually want to watch and you know but at the same time you're not actually missing out or on anything because you, you're actually watching all of those things all together so this is my suggestion suggestion for you guys and uh let's see how it goes man like this is not the first time that i've done this with fights um but you know it's actually a pretty interesting experience so definitely do give that a try if you haven't already all right fam oh my goodness so i'm actually I've been itching for this moment ever since the fights uh, were actually over on Saturday nights. I was like, man, this week on TKO, I have so many great things to talk about and so many interesting t things to talk about. So I'm so excited that this moment is finally here. And I'm so happy that I actually get to share with you guys, TKO Nation out there. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started with all the drama and controversy. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, I might be a bit too excited about uh, a fight where that uh, already happened but it is what it is man and speaking of it is what it is oh man so the combing event of ufc 226 so uh, as we broke it down last week uh, we told you guys that it was going to be a fight for the featherweight championship of the world between the current champion max holloway and um, he was going to be defending his title against the challenger the top contender in the division uh brian ortega of course however okay so i actually did break down that fight for you guys last week and i give you uh my predictions and so forth but the thing was the moment okay listen the moment i stepped out of the studio i read the news it was like broken broken out 10 minutes before that max holloway was indeed out of his fight against Brian Ortega and uh, I could not be any more disappointed at that moment because uh, first of all you know not only did I already break it down for you guys and told you what was going to happen and whatnot but I was just so disappointed because that was actually one of the biggest fights that I was looking forward to on fight nights but unfortunately it just didn't happen so what actually went down was um, so after the open workouts that uh, the UFC usually holds for the fight like two or three days prior to the actual fight night uh, Max Holloway so he was working out uh, in the eyes of the public and apparently he was just super slow and he didn't really seem to have a lot of energy and a lot of people were just suspecting that you know is he okay maybe he has food poisoning or something something's obviously wrong with him at that moment and then um, after Max Holloway goes back to his hotel and he's trying to sleep and his camp is actually noticing that he's showing concussion-like symptoms. So he's um, uh, his speech is actually slurring and um, he's not really being as alert as he usually is. And he really wants to sleep constantly and um, he's just not uh, alert like he usually is. And so because of that, they notified the, the medical team at the UFC 
and Max Holloway is automatically um, transferred to a nearby hospital. And unfortunately, he was not medically fit to actually fight Brian Ortega. And just like I said, I was super disappointed. I bet a lot of fans out there were super, super disappointed as well. However, this is what the UFC did. So the UFC actually offered Brian Ortega, who was already all prepared and super, super ready to actually fight on fight night. But, you know, his opponent is out. So what do you do? You just offer another guy who's um, on standby pretty much for Brian Ortega to fight. However, Brian Ortega and actually that fight was um, a fight between Brian Ortega and um, Frankie Edgar, who was a former champion at the UFC. And the two have actually fought before. So given that this fight was about to happen, this would have been a rematch between the two. And I believe this was supposed to to be for an interim um, featherweight championship of the world so that was uh, actually what was on the line for that um, fight however Brian Ortega actually turned down that fight and he said that he he doesn't really care how long he has to wait for Max Holloway but he's trained so much because he actually wants to get the actual undisputed title at the featherweight division and uh, when you think about it I mean if you personally put yourself in Brian Ortega's shoes you would probably do the same thing. I mean, yes, you would become the interim champion if you uh, got that fight. But, you know, just like I said, it is what it is. Actually, so if you're confused by the saying, it is what it is, this is actually a quote that Max Holloway keeps on saying. So um, I believe in one of his recent fights when he won against his opponent, um, he was asked in a post-fight interview what happened and things like that. And the first thing that he always says is, it is what it is. So I know Max Holloway, he got injured and uh, Brian Ortega, you, t- you t- actually turned down that fight, that alternate fight. But I know, man, it is what it is. And uh, it's okay as long as we're actually getting that fight between you two. I'm okay personally as long as there's a guarantee that we are for sure getting that fight between you two because it's a phenomenal fight and I I know for sure that it is a fight that everybody is actually looking forward to always regardless if if it actually happens six months from now two years from now or five years from now as long as it's actually happening in our lifetime I feel like it's a huge blessing by the MMA gods so yes please Let's make that happen. And um, yeah, so there was that. And now let's get down to what actually happened for the main event of UFC 226. And then, okay, so um, I would actually do talk about the co-main event. So the new co-main event of UFC 226, which was actually a fight, a heavyweight fight between um, Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis. So I would definitely talk about that as well, because that fight, too, had a lot of its own controversies and drama and um, uh, suspicions, you could say. I will definitely talk about that fight as well. But first, let's talk about the fight between Stephen Miocic and Daniel Cormier. So, okay, the first thing that you actually do notice when the uh, guys are actually walking into the octagon is Daniel Cormier looks as fresh as ever. He looks more ready than ever. And he looks super, super confident with uh, what he's about to bring into the octagon, okay? So that's the first thing that you notice about Daniel Cormier. And when Stephen Miocic comes in, it's pretty much the same thing, the same expression. He's carrying the same expression that he's carried over all of his fights, pretty much. 
in that is that he he has a neutral expression and you can't really tell if he's scared or confident or maybe he's tired or something he just looks super neutral and he almost looks like he just woke up from a nap and um he always chewing gum and i don't know he's just maybe he's trying to relax himself in that way so that was the way that Stephen miocic was actually looking when he was making his walk into the octagon now back to the main point here so when the fight actually did get started it looked like Stephen Miocic took a step back and thought, okay, because this fight is actually a heavyweight fight and I am the heavyweight champion right now and this is pretty much my division, therefore it is easy for me. I'm the king of this division. That's pretty much what he thought, okay? He, he said to himself, okay, I am the king of this division. I can easily take a step back. I can ease into this fight. This is not, Daniel Cormier is not a, 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 an opponent that I need to fear therefore uh, you know I need to relax and um, actually ease into this fight eventually not jump into uh, being explosive and um, deadly right at the beginning of the fight so that is actually what Stephen Miocic did and during the beginning seconds of the beginning minute rather of the very first round he did try to um, uh, go for underhooks with Daniel Cormier and he tried to push him against the cage and things like that uh, he was mainly trying to grapple with them okay but the thing is okay even in the weigh-ins when you actually look at the height differences between the two guys I mean yes Daniel Cormier was the heavier guy that night but height wise physically Stephen Miocic is phys- more physically um, advantaged because he's the t- uh, he's a taller guy, and um, he I feel like he had to use that advantage for himself, and he needed to keep the range between him and Daniel Cormier. But instead, he actually closed the range, and he was super close to Daniel Cormier. And here's the thing, guys: so when you're actually super close to somebody, uh, obviously, when you want to throw a shot. It takes less of a time for you to throw that shot. And because that shot is actually uh, being acted on for uh, like in a shorter distance, it's obviously going to generate more power. Okay. And I feel like Stephen Miocic didn't actually think about that. And I don't know what he was thinking when he was trying to grapple with the grappler and the Olympic level wrestler who is Daniel Cormier. He was trying to push him against the cage and see how powerful he is and pretty much, you know, taking data for the remainder of the fight. However, what he did not take into account was Daniel Cormier, he was there to win and he was the underdog, okay? So he was there to win and he had no fears. And when, just like I said, because Stephen Miocic did not maintain his range and did not keep away from Daniel Cormier and he was constantly close to him and trying to grapple with him, Daniel Cormier took his chance and he threw a short elbow towards okay so actually let's back up for a second so um like 20 seconds prior to that moment that scene Daniel Cormier because he was still so close to Stephen Miocic he was uh, constantly throwing punches over a short range and they were actually all being absorbed by Stephen Miocic right and then let's get to that second where Daniel Cormier actually threw that short elbow and of course Stephen Miocic has already been rocked by all those previous shots and 
I know you if you weren't necessarily knocked down, but when you actually do absorb those shots, it affects you. It actually affects your brain and your your um, alertness and uh, quote unquote awakeness in a fight. You you might be hazy and you might not actually know what you're doing when you get um, uh, thrown shots at like that. Especially those heavy heavy shots thrown by Daniel Cormier. And just like I said, Daniel Cormier threw that short elbow, and of course it was absorbed by um, Stipe Miocic, and Stipe was out. He was knocked down, and um, Daniel Cormier took his chance again and started grounding and pounding and hammering him down, and it is all over. So Stephen Miocic, just like that, Stephen Miocic lost his title to Daniel Cormier, and now Daniel Cormier is the two-division world champion. So he's the champion at the light heavyweight division at the UFC, and he's the heavyweight, the new, the newly crowned heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. And I feel like, personally, I feel like if Stipe was more cautious and careful during this fight, and I know maybe because the way he was fighting, the fact that he actually stepped back for a second and he tried to easily ease into this fight, eventually uh, build up his momentum and things like that, maybe that was because of his confidence in himself. But I feel like when when you see someone as as hungry as Daniel Cormier for such an important thing, which is the heavyweight title of the world, you obviously need to be more careful. And I feel like Stipe could have potentially prevented that result. But just like I said, it is what it is. But um, just like I said, Daniel Cormier is now the two division champion of the world in light heavyweight and heavyweight. Now, here's the thing, guys. So Brock Lesnar, the former heavyweight champion of the UFC and the current WWE star was actually present in the crowd. And when Daniel Cormier won, he came into the octagon and um, he was trash talking Daniel Cormier. And so was uh, Daniel Cormier with Brock Lesnar. And everybody was supposed to be super excited because this was actually uh, an announcement sort of of a super fight between uh, the now two division champions. Daniel Cormier and the former champion Brock Lesnar so apparently we're supposed to be seeing this fight sometime in the future but man okay here's the thing a lot of people are actually saying that this fight actually because of the fact that Brock Lesnar was present because of all the things that happened after the fights between you know all the WWE and tr uh, wrestling trash talking things that happened between Danny Cormier and Brock Lesnar a lot of people are actually saying that the fight between Stephen Miocic and Danny Cormier was planned pre-planned and the two actually knew who was going to win, who was supposed to win, and who was supposed to lose. And personally, I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of problem with that statement. Because you guys don't realize how how dangerous uh, the shots of Daniel Cormier were. And uh, when he was throwing them, nothing about those punches and nothing about that particular elbow was fake. So I would definitely recommend all of you guys who are actually assuming this to go back and rewatch the fight and then rethink what you were thinking about the fakeness of this fight, okay? So yes, I know, uh, the 
Brock Lesnar fight is not necessarily the fight that the MMA purists are looking forward to, but of course it's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views given that it actually does take place sometime in the future. However, for me, so, okay, guys, this is where I call, uh, so this is the thing that I would call the love slash fight triangle between Daniel Cormier, Brock Lesnar, and let's not forget about John Jones. So as an MMA purist, guys, you guys all know John Jones. He's the youngest ever champion at the UFC and rather was. So because of so many issues that he was having outside the octagon, he had to potentially, he actually had to lose his title, his light heavyweight title. And um, after he lost that title, Danny Cormier uh, won that title. And then Dan actually John Jones is the only person that has ever defeated Daniel Cormier inside the octagon. So da Daniel Cormier, okay, you can actually consider him one of the greatest uh, light heavyweights or the heavyweights of all time. However, it is the shadow of John Jones that is constantly always till the end of time looming over him unless Daniel Cormier has another fight, a third fight between himself and um, John Jones. And he wins that fight against John Jones. And that way he has uh, cleared the, the slate in a way. And that uh, he is indeed, he actually does deserve to be called the greatest of all time that way. But just like I said, we have this um, Brock Lesnar situation going on. And after uh, last year, so when the rematch between Daniel Cormier and John Jones was happening and John Jones won that fight, uh, everybody was saying that John Jones was supposed to be fighting Brock Lesnar in the near future. But that fight never really happened because of a lot of issues that John Jones is facing and um, suspensions and things like that. So that that fight is actually on, on a hold. But... You know, just like I said, it's like a love slash fight triangle. So we have John Jones, Daniel Cormier, and Brock Lesnar. They're constantly going at each other. But I feel like if we potentially eliminate the whole Brock Lesnar situation, we might potentially see a better fight between John Jones and Daniel Cormier. First of all, because... Daniel Cormier has gotten the chance to prove himself to the world once again as the new heavyweight champion of the world. And John Jones, if he truly is the, the kryptonite to Daniel Cormier, then we actually get to see it once again, but now at heavyweight to see how, how Daniel Cormier is actually going to hold up to um, a, a good performance against John Jones, but now this time at heavyweight. So if we actually see that fight, now that is the fight that I'm actually willing to pay for, even if it's like $500 for, for a pay-per-view. But for the Daniel Cormier and Brock Lesnar fights, mm, man, I don't think so. And um, just like I said, maybe it's because I'm, a, I'm an MMA purist and I would rather see technique and good performance over uh, a fight that is just hyped up for no reason. Okay, so that is what I would per personally prefer to see. And I know a lot of fans out there actually do agree with me. So yeah, man, that's what I actually think about that fight. And now let's actually talk about the co-main event of UFC 226. So I'm going to be quickly talking about this one. So Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis. Okay, so coming into the fight, everybody was thinking that this fight was going to actually end the very first round via a knockout from either parties because both of these guys are knockout artists. Okay, and um, Francis Ngannou is one of the 
or ra- rather was one of the most feared guys ever in the in the heavyweight division at the UFC. And many were actually considering him the new Mike Tyson of the MMA world. Okay, so actually, when this fight happened, though, the first round went by, no shots were thrown. It was just like both guys were uh, were constantly on a standby mode. They were ready to throw a punch, but they wouldn't actually let go and throw that punch. So there, nothing was pretty much thrown except for Derek Lewis, who threw like two punches. But that was it. Steven, uh, excuse me. Francis Ngannou did not throw a single punch. Okay, so the first round went by. The second round, same story. Nothing happened. The thir- third round went by. Same same story nothing happened except for Derek Lewis who uh, kind of took his chances and threw two more punches and a kick to the body but that's it and the fight was over of course the judges because the fight was so bad the judges had to give it to Derek Lewis because he threw two more punches than uh, Francis Ngannou and it was such a horrible fight so many people say it's a horrible fight and okay, you have to consider various factors when you actually consider this fight, guys, because seriously, what happened to Francis Ngannou? What happened to that guy who would actually knock you out in a second if he wanted to, who would actually, who has the potential to take your head off if he wants to, who's punches are as powerful as a as a fourth focus coming towards you with full-on speed what happened to that guy and um so there's so many factors to consider so maybe it was because of his poor mentality from his previous fight who was against um the former heavyweight champion Stephen miocic he lost that fight in a brutal manner and then he actually changed his coaches so maybe it was uh it was a a factor that could have potentially affected his performance and maybe it was just honestly an adrenaline dump so maybe he, he just wasn't aroused enough to come into the fight and um, defend himself in a way so that he ultimately wins the fight maybe it's a combination of all those things or maybe it's just one but just like I said man it is what it is unfortunately it happened and we had to witness that but just like I said, it is what it is. And uh, I wish all of those guys, both of those guys, good luck with their future. And I hope that they get to uh, <laughs> do better in the future, okay? Because we, we as the fans who actually pay for that pay-per-view, we deserve better. Okay, so I actually do, do hope that they do realize that and improve upon, upon themselves. All right, so man, okay, I talked a lot about that. And now I just want to quickly break down the boxing fight for you guys. So Manny Pacquiao, Lucas Matisse, just like I said, Lucas Matisse is the current WBA welterweight champion of the world. Uh, Manny Pacquiao has been out of the ring for a year His last fight, he actually lost in Australia, but he took a year off because of his political duties as a senator in the Philippines. So that's all good for him. But now he is back. The Pac-Man is back and he's fighting Lucas Matisse. So Manny Pacquiao, I love his fighting style because he's so dynamic and he's constantly on his feet, moving back and forth, you know, circling around you and um, throwing shots at you at full on speed. And his power is also at an okay level, but I feel like it's because of his speed and his dynamicness that is so unique. And then Lucas Matisse, of course, um, okay, here's the thing. Lucas Matisse is not at his prime anymore and neither is Manny Pacquiao. But the thing about Lucas Matisse is obviously there's a reason why he's a champion right now and um, he's had phenomenal performances um, for his past few fights and uh, he's not as dynamic as Manny Pacquiao but 
Um, he does throw a lot of powerful punches, even though he's not constantly having footwork and things like that, but his shots are actually extremely powerful. So because of that, this is one fight to actually look forward to and watch on Saturday night. And all right, guys, this is going to be super interesting. Just like I said, definitely do not miss this fight between Manny Pacquiao and Lucas Matisse. And of course, just like I said, we have UFC Fight Night happening also on Saturday night. So between Junior Dos Santos and Blagoy Ivanov. So definitely watch that as well if you do have the chance to do so and what else man oh man that is all the time we're gonna have for this week all right fam make sure you go to cfru.ca to catch up with their previous episodes and you already know you can also go to soundcloud and itunes to listen to our previous episodes as well and just like i said watch manny pacquiao lucas matisse on saturday night and junior dos santos and blogoy ivanov on saturday night as well and with that all right, it's your girl John on right here, and this is TKO. Peace out. <laughs>